I know a lot of you have had this experience because for those of us who in 2020 were all sent home and we were stuck in a lockdown during the pandemic, we had a lot of time on our hands and I saw an ad for Masterclass and I thought, I want to better myself. I want access to all of these brilliant people who teach you things. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with more than 200 plus of the world's best and smartest. For just under 10 bucks a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And I don't care, you can wake up one morning and say, I want to learn about business. And then another where you say, I want to learn how to survive in the wild if I have no water and no fire to make me warm. You can access Masterclass on your phone, on your computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. And the classes totally make a difference. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz. Whenever I think about fame, I think about that song. You guys tell me if you do this too. Limelight by Rush. So the lyrics say, living in the limelight, the universal dream. Those who wish to be must put aside the alienation and get on with the fascination. I thought that was very interesting. There is alienation and loneliness when you're thinking about fame. But regardless, being in the spotlight is so alluring to so many people. But what it takes to get there, you're talking sacrifice and drawbacks, especially when it's your very own child in the public eye. I mean, you want to do everything in your power as a parent to make sure they have everything they need, right? From protection to enforcing that you have their back through the good and the bad. And in doing so, you often forget yourself. So, I mean, think about it. You have to drive them back and forth to auditions, comfort them when they're rejected. If they do get the part, you have to co-sign every document that comes their way and protect their interests. And for minors, the whole regulation thing is crazy. You have to be within sight and sound of them at all times during filming. It comes to a point where the parent must subjugate or outright abandon his or her own life and dreams to be there for their, I don't know, Shirley Temple in the making. My guest today managed to reach for and grasp both. Bonnie Wallace is the proud mother of two extraordinarily talented daughters who found major Hollywood success. Claire Hosterman is a top vocal coach in Los Angeles, very in demand, and Dove Cameron who at age 16 was chosen among hundreds of hopefuls to star in the Disney Channel hit show Live and Maddie, for which she won a Daytime Emmy Award. Oh, and by the way, today, Dove's hit single Boyfriend is a chart topper, and she just won the American Music Award for New Artist of the Year. But Mom Bonnie, she's one of the few who as a single mom raised her kids in the limelight without letting them get burned by it. All the while... She began publishing books on both parenting in Hollywood and the We Can Books collection for kids. Bonnie, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. I'm thrilled to have someone like you on here. Oh, thank you so much, Liz. It's an absolute pleasure to join you. I, you know, I, I sit there and I think, oh, God, stage mothers, forget it. I grew up in Los Angeles. <laughs> I saw so many of these people who live vicariously through their children. This is not your story, is it? No, no. 
Um, I, I think one of the tricks to um, raising a child in this crazy environment, uh, Hollywood, if you will, is that the child has to be pulling the parent. The parent cannot be pushing the child. Mm. That's like a critical distinction. If, if it's like the child pulling, pulling, and the parent's like, all right, I'm just going to do my best for you, but this is your thing, not mine. Um right away that that sets you on a better path oh my god i'm laughing because when my daughter gabby was really young she had these long beautiful fingers and i said oh my god you have to be a hand model she's like what (laughs) mom that is not alluring to me thank you very much uh but what what i find so fascinating about you and your children is that you were raised on a teeny tiny island off Washington State, Bainbridge Island. I have heard about how, how idyllic it is. Tell me about your childhood and why you began by raising both your daughters on Bainbridge Island. Well, Bainbridge is a truly idyllic place, and I was so lucky to get to grow up there. My, my family moved there um, in the mid-60s when I was um, <laughs> very young, and and I grew up... <laughs> I grew up riding horses. I grew up playing in the woods with my friends. It was safe. It was rural, but it had a really good school system. You know, it was just amazing. And then and then fast forward uh, when my older daughter, Claire, was five and ready to go to kindergarten. I thought, you know what? There is no better place that I know to raise kids. And so I moved from Seattle, uh, where I was living at the time, back to the island. And both of my kids grew up there. And then how do you make that bridge from Bainbridge Island, where I'm sure very few people slap on the makeup and there aren't, you know, people with big lights in in their hands saying, cut, take two, audition, that was horrible, once more with feeling. How how do you go from that to L.A.? Well, interestingly, one of the things that Bainbridge has as its strong suit is an incredible arts community, like really Mm. thriving and really top notch in terms of its quality. It's got a a community theater called Bainbridge Performing Arts, which um, at the time had a 240 seat house. And and the kids were kids, both of my kids, my daughters were were doing stuff nonstop there for years. And and so they kind of cut their teeth on theater right there on Bainbridge and and fell in love with it and and learned a lot of the basics right there until, you know, when Dad was 13, getting close to 14, she kind of like hit the ceiling of what was available to do there. And, wow. and all of her mentors were pulling me aside and saying, you know, she's really got the gift. You should really consider taking her to L.A. And yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I that, that was the last thing I wanted to do. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd gone to trade shows in L.A. for decades and I just thought that's just the last place I ever want to live. And Dove spent about a full year lobbying me before I finally said, you know what? I don't want to look back and wonder what might have happened if we'd only done it. So mm. let's give it a shot. And giving it a shot, not easy. You get to Los Angeles. <laughs> you know nobody. Got to find an agent. Um, and in the meantime, you had a vibrant career yourself. You were doing all kinds of things. You had to let that go for a time being? Yeah, it was It was interesting. Part of what allowed me at the time to... Uh, decide to to do this crazy thing thing you know throw everything we owned into a truck and you know drive down the coast to LA was I was at a natural sort of bifurcation point with my career I'd I'd been a jewelry designer for 25 years um 
going to India two, three times a year to work with artisans. And and I'd kind of reached a natural stopping point with that. And I'd, I'd cashed out my half of the business with my um, ex at the time, um, the girl's dad. And I, you know, had cashed out my half of the house. And I just thought, all right, I'd also just finished getting a master's in sustainable business, which, of course, took two years because it was a master's degree. And I thought, I'll go to L.A., I'll become a consultant, I'll help businesses become more sustainable. So I landed here thinking I was going to start a new career, but I discovered, <laughs> and I should have known better, I should have known better, but I just didn't put it all together until we got down here. You can't be the parent of a young actor and do just about anything else. And that was a shock to me. I I was just like, wait a minute, I, I can't even keep personal appointments like dentist appointments. It's like the minute you put anything on the schedule... Dove would get an audition and I'd have to drop everything, help her memorize her lines, drive her across town, like you said. And it would be like an all day deal on no notice over and over and over and over again. And then when she did start to land roles, I had to be right there with her, as you said, within sight and sound. Uh, with Liv and Maddie, it was four years. Um, but before that, it was it was, you know, projects in in the snow in Utah and, <laughs> and up in Canada. And 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 nobody really tells you that. Um, it's very difficult to do as a single parent. Well, it's brutal as well. The competition's tough. And helping kids deal with rejection, there must have been very lonely nights and worrisome days where you were concerned about making sure that she didn't feel like she was a reject. It was just, oh, I'd love to say, we're going in a different direction. It's like classic <laughs> agents in Hollywood. Oh, it, it, casting agents. We're going in a different direction. Translation, you ain't got it, kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, they really are sometimes going in a different direction. So it's like, it's a great euphemism, but it's also sometimes true. Um, but you're right. And it's it's not easy, you know, especially when your kid gets their heart set on something that's like a really juicy, exciting role mm -hmm. that maybe could change their lives. No kidding if they got it. Um, and and she had some really close calls on some stuff that was really quite heartbreaking at the beginning. And and even now, I mean, that doesn't really change. I think I think part of the trick is getting clear that as long as you did your best, if you did your best, it's out of your hands after that point. And it's not really personal. Oh, yes. Uh, so it's uh, not absolutely. like you're a loser and a reject. It's like, you know what? It's just not what they were looking for this time. Bonnie, I can almost hear listeners right now, many of whom have kids who have made it this close to getting on a team or auditioning for school play, and then they don't get it or or they just weren't chosen for something they really wanted, whether it was the, you know, the blue ribbon for the science fair or equestrian or whatever. You know, what what was your best path after Dove would get rejected? Can, tell me the advice, because that would really help me. I mean, my daughter's in her 20s, but she came very close to getting a, an internship that she was dying for, and she didn't get it. And, you know, me, I talk for a living. Suddenly I was like, you're awesome. They don't know what they're talking about, you know, but what what is the right thing to say that you felt worked for you? Well, one thing that I've come to really appreciate over over the dozen years now that we've been in this particular adventure is that very often you know something that looks like you really really want it that doesn't go your way it turns out to be a blessing like really turns out to be a blessing mm. like a bullet that you dodged <laughs> <laughs> 
And and the thing is, when you're really up close to it, you literally cannot have the vision and the perspective yes. to see that. Yes. You can only see that after a little bit of time and distance, you know, happen and have a chance to happen. And then sometimes when you see the bigger picture, you can see like, oh my gosh, I am so grateful I didn't get that because then this wouldn't have happened or or that would have happened and I would have hated it, you know. And and you you just can't see it in the moment. The other thing is sometimes you'll never see that. You know, it still may be true. You may not always see that, but you kind of have to have faith that ultimately the right thing does happen. Oh, the universe. So yeah, one. the universe has a plan, definitely. Yeah. And uh, it's the old silver lining to a very dark cloud, what appears to be a dark cloud at the time. But uh, I believe that. And I'm not a Pollyanna, but I really no, do. Me too. Me too. Um, so were you ever able to hold down a job in L.A. while you were shuttling Dove around and and helping Claire reach her dreams? No. How's that for a horrible, brutal, fast answer? I tried. It's honest. I, I, I like it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I worked for uh, Getty Images for a little while. I worked for a small uh, film production company for a little while. And after a while, it was just it was just impossible because I just couldn't keep appointments with anything. And I finally thought, you know what? I came down here for a reason. I came down here to help Dove get properly launched. I'm not going to compromise that by, you know, telling her, I'm sorry, I can't help you with this audition. I have to work. Mm. I'm just going to suck it up and let my savings drop down until I reach a, you know, a red zone. <laughs> I'll have to do something else, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just I just decided to that's what life savings are for, you know. Well, exactly. And people, my dad used to say, because he was a doctor, people would come to him and say, well, this is an expensive but life-saving operation. But, uh, you know, um, my dad would say, do you have a rainy day fund? Because I'm telling you right now, it's raining. You know, yeah. you, you hit the point where it is raining. You, you got to dig in there. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we're going to be right back. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations, or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. I mean, so things are working well in Los Angeles, and Dove gets the Disney show. That must yes. have been 
a real game changer. It was. And the funny, funny thing was, so when we moved down to L.A. when she was 14, we knew that she could do really strong, dramatic roles. And we knew that she could sing. She literally never done anything comedic, like not even on stage at the community theater. And I always thought she was funny, but she's mm -hmm. like, well, you know, you're my mom. Of course, you're, you think I'm funny. <laughs> um, and then when she got this Disney role, I mean, nobody would have been more surprised than us. And of course, it, it, it's a life changer. Um one of the things about Disney is they they train you like if you if you get through several years of Disney, especially in a lead role, you're ready for anything. And it was sort of like boot camp and college all at once for. Yeah. And and you've got to be right there because she's still a minor. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And because she was playing double lead roles, I mean, it was a lot for her to carry at a young age. Um but part of what gave me the, the faith to actually come down to L.A. and even give it a shot was she's incredibly intelligent. She's incredibly mature. Um, and she's got a really good head on her shoulders. She's got a really good attitude. Um, her, her work ethic is incredible. So I, I knew that if anybody could do it, she could do it. And, and again, you said at the start, which I think is maybe one of the most important things I've heard, the kid has to be pulling you, not the other way around. Critical critical all all those terrible terrible train wrecks all those terrible heartbreaking stories you see where where you know there's this horrific heartbreaking split between the parents and the kids yes. and there's usually money involved and it's because the the parents are pushing and and so there's a book written about this by Melissa Francis, who was on Little House on the Prairie. She's a friend of mine, and she wrote a book called Diary of a Stage Mother's Daughter. She mm. has no relationship with her mother today. She's been very public about it. Uh, her mother was the one who kept pushing her and pushing her and to the point where it became almost deranged. And, yeah. you know, she talked a lot about that. Sure, she was the little kid on Little House on the Prairie and it was it was great. And she got to work with, you know, Michael Landon and and it was it was great and all the experience and everything but she wanted to go to college and she was saving or thought her mother was saving that money and it was gone no but it was yeah, hers it was her that's, money that, oh see that's the thing and it's part of why I ended up doing the thing that I've done for the last I don't know eight years or so with my podcast, with my three books, and my consulting with parents of young actors, is is there's so much misinformation out there. When a child actor makes money, that money is not family money. That money belongs to the child. Right. You know, 15% of it has to go to the Coogan account, which nobody can touch till the kid's 18. It's still the kid's money. Yes, there's taxes. Yes, there's money that goes to the agent, manager, whatever. But it's the child's money. It is not money that has any legal business going to the parents. The Coogan account. What is that? Now Now I'm learning something. <laughs> so it's actually quite fascinating. So I don't know if you remember the name Jackie Coogan. Yes, yes. He, okay. Yes, he was the little kid in the black and white films. With Charlie Chaplin. Correct. The kid. He was one of the first huge child stars. In fact, he was one of the first child stars with who made a fortune in merchandise with mm. his face on it. And when little Jackie Coogan reaches 18 years of age, he reaches out to his parents and said, hey, <laughs> all right, I'm ready for my money now. <laughs> and they were all like, oh, what money? 
<laughs> which is basically oh they had they had squandered it truly mm. on cars and furs and champagne and you know because they'd lived a very very lavish lifestyle all on little Jackie's money. So he had worked from the age of, I think, something terrible, like three on. Yes, yes he was adorable. Practically nothing to show for it, which is, you know, there's just no words for how horrifying that is. So that's when the first Coogan law got passed. And it's basically, it's a California state law, but of course, California is where the heart of the industry is. And it says that any young performer not just actor you can be a voice actor or a singer or whatever any young performer under the age of 18 every dollar they make 15 percent of it goes into this blocked trust account that only the kid can access and only when they're 18 Good. and it's it's like a minimal way to make sure that they've at least got that much i don't think it goes far enough but it's something but there's another little known part of the coogan law which is again what i just referenced that all the money belongs to the child, not just the 15%. Interesting. Now, yeah. what I find great is you never lost your sense of self, so much so that you published a book in 2015 called The Hollywood Parents Guide, your roadmap to pursuing your child's dream, because you learned so much and now you're sharing it. Yeah, I, I was in a unique position, you know, and um, Pam Fisher, uh, Dove's amazing agent at A3, took me aside probably at the end of season one of Love and Maddie. And she said, I know you're a writer. I know you can write. And I think you could really make a difference for a lot of families like yours. I think you should consider writing a book. And so I set out to write the book that I wish had been there when, when we started. <laughs> and I'm very proud of it still. Well, you probably were able to bang out some of the chapters while sitting on the set watching <laughs> watching Dove. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I got your number. I definitely do. You've also released this series of books, which I believe your dad had started, the We Can series, that helps kids learn. What was the inspiration yes. behind taking that on as the project? I'm so excited about Weekend Books. Well, first of all, my dad is an extraordinary guy. And, and I mean, both of my parents, I was lucky to to grow up with them reading to me at night at bedtime, which is such a an important thing to do for, for kids. Um, and then when I was ready to learn how to read, he taught me how to read using, you know, phonics, right? And it just, it made sense to me. I learned how to read early and well. Fast forward when Claire is ready to learn how to read, my dad made by hand a series of books for her called claire can and his innovation was combining family photos with the phonics and so basically on every page like say page one of book one there's three books to to get you all the way through the series is like cat mat hat sat fat rat bat right mm -hmm. all the all the short a three-letter words and here's a picture of little claire with the family cat and the word cat is right there by her cat. And, and, and the kids, they see the photos of themselves. There's an emotional connection. You get the cat. And then once you've sort of turned that key, all the other words are easily made sense of, right? So he made these books for Claire. And then seven years later, he made them for Dove, you know, using cut and paste technology. Fast forward again, 30 years later now, we have print-on-demand technology. Yeah. We have apps. We have thousands of photos in our phones. We can, we can take a picture on the fly, upload it to our phone. And so what we've done is we have built basically a book building app. You download the app, you build the book right there in your app, 
just you know uploading a photo or taking it on the fly with the kid you can build you can build the book with the kid wait which is what's really what's fun. this it's app like called project. right now i need it's, to know this app it's called we can books <gasps> and people can take their own family pictures and create this phonics and the ability to teach their kids how to read because our schools are failing us in so many ways bonnie i know i know and here's the thing i hate to say it but we can't give all of this to the schools to do like we have to be responsible oh, for course. teaching our kids this stuff and and it's also a really precious thing to do you know i mean some of my favorite memories of when the girls were little were sitting with them and teaching them how to read and watching their little faces as they kind of put it all together like oh you know ox box ah you know fox you know it's it's like when they start to get it, it's like that Helen Keller at the pump moment, you yes. know, it's magical. With the water. And, and so yes. what is more thrilling and exciting and what makes a bigger difference to the course of their lives and let's just say their school experience, which again impacts the course of their lives, than getting them off to a really strong start reading well and loving to read. So that's why I've spent the last two years of my life building weekend books, and we've just launched, and I, I just couldn't be more excited about it. Well, this comes back to the crux of you, and that is that some of these stage moms and momagers, so to speak, can't let go and then turn back and look at themselves and say, what do I have to offer? And you are a shining example of that. All I'm thinking about with these books is how maybe adults could benefit from this. I mean, 70% of people in prison read at below the fourth grade level. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This is something that is on my radar and, and there's an absolutely heartbreaking corollary, right? So as, as, as critical as early, good, strong reading skills are to success in school and life, if you don't have that, <laughs> yeah, everything is yes. where do you start everything is hard school is hard you resist it you hate it because it's hard and it's not fun and you feel dumb pretty soon you don't graduate from high school there's a huge correlation of dropout rates with kids who don't read at grade level by the time they're in fourth grade and then the prisons as you say are are full of people disproportionately who are functionally illiterate so once we get the basic you know once we get sort of out in the system, out into the world and out and on the radar of people with three, four, five, six year olds, you know, people whose children are at that magical place mm. where they're ready to learn how to read. And I feel good about that. I'm going to turn my attention to exactly that and seeing if I can find a way in to help adults with literacy problems, because I think I think this might make a difference for them as well. You have one heck of a heart, Bonnie. I'm I'm feeling like a complete loser next to you because I'm like, I go to work, I do my job, I come up, uh, you know, and, and you are really looking at ways to change the course of the path of people's lives. And I think that is amazing. As we finish up, I'm really curious to know if you could, if you could say one thing that you wish you had known on your journey ahead of the time that you went to Los Angeles that you just want to share with other people, what would that be? Gosh. Wow. One thing, if I wish I'd known. Um, it's a much bigger journey and adventure than I thought it was. You know, I, I really thought 
you know, I'll come down here for a few years. And then when Dove's 18, I'll go back. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's 26 now. She's almost 27. And I'm still here and we're close. And (laughs) it's just young actors need their parents to be there with them, um, to support them past the minute they turn 18. So and and I got my life out of it. You know, I really did. Um, I'm really grateful. What a golden path you're following uh, and a great example for your daughters who are doing brilliant things. I wish you and your daughters the best of luck and keep pushing. And I'm so glad your sense of self is very much out there today. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Thank you, Liz. I really appreciate the time. Okay, everybody. Okay, look look what Bonnie was able to accomplish and help her children do. We have no excuses. That is the message of my Everyone Talks to Liz podcast. I always want you guys to leave it thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. If she could do it, what's my what's my excuse for not reaching for my dreams? So I, I hope each one of these matters and that you hear the underlying and very golden, hey, platinum message. Platinum's actually more expensive than gold right now. I keep an eye on this as a business anchor. 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox Business, the claim and countdown. I hope I see you every day, Monday through Friday for that. And once again, I cannot express enough how much I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast every single time we drop one. So hang in there and we'll see you next time. Want to listen ad-free? You can do it with a Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And then Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.